0: How do you know that you have found the perfect love, that person that God created specifically for you and intended to be with until death do you part? Well, that's a really important question that we're going to dive into in just a few moments as we experience a recently released track from the Word 66 entitled, How Will I Know? And don't worry, you don't have to be lonely at lithoscry.com. And there he is. It is Steve from the Word 66 Brothers. Good to have you back.
1: Glenn, I appreciate you having me back on again. This is going to be an intense one.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. We're going to be diving into some things that a lot of people don't talk about don't know how to talk about, and I don't have the answers to these questions. So we're going to have some other guests join us in just a few moments. We're going to have Jason and Jennifer Goins. They are relationship coaches and they are very well versed in this and they have a wonderful marriage together. And we're going to have my good friend and co-host Stacy Fannin from Revelation Resistance Podcast, who has some very deep insights into this as well. But let's talk about your track first. How will I know? I know this seems like a simple question, but this is the setup. What is this song about, my friend?
1: It's about a single lonely guy wondering when God is going to send him his Eve, so to speak.
0: Very simple. And that's something that a lot of people wonder. It seems like a very simple answer and a very simple question, but it's really deep. I remember struggling with this when I was a young person. I remember struggling it. With it after I had gone through a divorce. So let's dive into this track. This is a beautiful track entitled How Will I Know by the Word 66.
2: Is it just a dream? The count goes on and on. Endless sea of faces. Expectations washed away. my way
0: Look at this. The gang is all here. I've got Steve with me, Jason and Jen Goins. They are relationship counselors. And I got my good friend and occasional co-host, Stacey Fannum from the Revelation Resistance all the way up in North Carolina. So we got North Carolina, South Carolina, and Nevada represented. Steve, I just have to say before we dive in, that song is beautiful, the way that it's written and the way that it's presented. And I just wrote down when I listen to music, you know, certain things go through my head. And I just wrote down purity as I was listening to that song That is just se- presented in such a simple and pure way. And you have to remember, Steven, the guys from the word 66, they can shred and they can crush it. So again, that's with the theory that hard rockers can do ballads the best. So let's dive into the conversation and anybody, I'm just going to toss these questions out there and anybody can jump in. And also if uh, I know stacy has got a couple questions that we want to tackle too today as well. Why is this such an important thing for men and women of faith? Those who believe in Jesus Christ to know that the person that they may be dating or may be considering marriage, that they know that it is the person that God has intended for them. Why is this so important? Jenna and Jason, we'll start with you first, and then, then we'll go around. And then, Steve, I want to know why it's important personally to you.
3: Well, you know, it's it's a major thing you're entering into. This is this is the covenant of marriage. This is a covenant with you, your future spouse, and God. Um, you want to make sure you're entering into it for the right reasons, uh, with the right person who sees things uh, in, in, with the same biblical lenses that you do as well. In such an important covenant.
4: It's Yeah, it's lifelong. And so even if the rest of society doesn't treat it that way, that's how God looks at it. So we need to treat it that way. So it's really other than accepting the Lord as your Savior, it's probably the next most important decision that you make.
0: Mm. It's really interesting how you just mentioned that society doesn't see it that way. It's kind of a casual relationship or let's be formal roommates instead of that covenant. And that's something that I was thinking about this morning was the covenant aspect of it. And Steve, this was definitely a heartfelt song for you and you and I had some discussions offline about it. Why is it important to you to know as a person, as a believer and as a musician that you are with the person that God created specifically for you?
1: It's kind of a hard question to answer, Glenn, because, um, a little bit, going back a little bit. So I actually wrote the song uh, several years ago. And uh, when we went back in the studio, it's something I really wanted to record. Because I thought it was a, a subject that I think everybody can relate to. You know, whether they're, they're going through it now or whether they've gone through it in their life before they met that special person. Um, so that was a big reason why I wanted to record it. So it's really hard for me to answer because... When I wrote the song, I had just gotten out of a long relationship and, you know, it was one of those things where I, you know, I was a little bit younger and, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'll just go out tonight, you know, and I'll just meet somebody else and it'll be great, you know, and, 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 and that won't matter anymore kind of thing. And so you'd go out and you wouldn't really meet anybody. And then you go out again and you don't really meet anybody. And this continues for a while. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home one day and I was just sitting on my couch going like, wow, this really sucks. You know, it's like, when am I going to meet that person? And I picked up the guitar and I wrote that. Um, So it is definitely heartfelt. But I have to say at this point in time, uh, on a personal note, I'm kind of back in that same boat again. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's really hard for me to answer that question because yeah. I'm waiting for the yeah. answers myself, to be honest with you. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're in a good place today because maybe the Lord will give us some direction through the wisdom, the collective wisdom that's here. I know that Stacy's got some wisdom in this area. Stacy, to you, and from what you've experienced in your own personal life, and you've worked with youth as well and other aspects of ministry, why is it important for somebody to know for certain that this is the person that they're supposed to be with?
5: I think it's, uh, fantastic, you know, to, uh, you know, appropriate yourself and, uh, you know, set that as a priority as a single person to, you know, try to make sure that, um, you both collectively, um, are looking for the right person and, uh, allowing yourself to be okay. If it's not that person, uh, for (laughs) me, I had uh, went through, um, you know, I've been married for almost 30 years, 30 years in August. And uh, I dated, you know, went through some, uh, some great ladies uh, before I met my wife, but they weren't the right ones. And when I met my wife, you know, I kind of wasn't exactly looking. uh, I wasn't exactly like, looking for that god exactly given person but i was asking god because when i rededicated my life to god i was dating an atheist girl Mm -hmm. and uh i asked i asked uh, the lord to save her and if he wasn't going to save her i said you know send me the right one and ultimately my wife came into my life and uh you know because god is good and because that he works all things to the good to those that love Him. he was working for me and fighting for me when I wasn't fighting for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was, he, he was, uh, uh, orchestrating something, uh, much. He knew my heart before I knew my heart. So, mm-hmm. so he, he, uh, orchestrated this, uh, because he's just so good for, for me. So, and I believe that he's that good and loves everybody that much. And I think, you know, uh, with that being said, um you know if you're a, a a a christian person that's very mindful and um when i first rededicated my life to, to the lord i was still in a weird place so i wasn't exactly you know um in in that place of being very mindful of uh, who who i was uh, looking for uh, i just had such a good good god to to bring to bring the right person my way <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of mercy and grace with God with with us in this area because, you know, face it, Steve, you, you mentioned just a minute ago, God bringing that person to you and Adam had it easy. God yeah. put him to sleep, took out a rib, and he woke up, and there he looked at Eve and was like, whoa, man, that's how a woman got the name. Whoa, <laughs> man, that, that's, that's for me. But it's not so easy these days, and the world has made it even more complex. And I think there's grace and mercy in that. And I like what you just said, Stacey, about being okay with being with someone in a, in a relationship and then realizing that that's not the one and then being okay that it ended A lot of people suffer with heartbreak. I want to ask Jason and Jennifer about this. And I know that we're going off script, which is totally okay, the way the spirit leads. You know, people that have their heart broken, a lot of times they think that it's the end of the world and that there's nothing else for them. And then they immediately jump into another relationship without even thinking about what just happened. What wisdom would you have to share with people that have had their heart broken and they're searching for that person?
3: I think immediately in the moment of that heartbreak, obviously there's empathy there. Uh, uh there's just kind of stepping down where they are and, and being there with them, being there for them. But in a sense, there's also, you know, uh, 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 uh shining light on the fact that, hey, you may have felt like this was the one. Um, and, and and unfortunately, it ended, it ended this way. But it's a good thing that it ended now. Before you're in this covenant relationship, that biblically, you know, should have no end to it. Um, yes, so. I,
4: I think that as far as coming from the point of view of the person that has the heart broken, you know, the 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 most important thing to remember is that we aren't filled by a, a, another person. Yeah, mm. is an imperfect version of eternity. And so, um, and he's not, I mean, we're eternal, but he's not whole and perfect in this life until we are with the father. And so God put eternity in our hearts. Yes. And in Ecclesiastes, you know, we read that he put eternity. So we all have this in this kind of cliche to say God shaped whole. And so, what happens when you get your heart broken? I mean, you might jump into the race because you're looking to fill that pain and to get kind of in another place where you you're whole and everything. But but the problem as a society is that we actually think another person can complete us. I mean, there's that famous line in in the Jerry Maguire movie, "You complete me," and it's just a, it's just a lie because that that's not true. I mean, God's Word explains throughout how. He is the one who fills us. He is the one that um, through him we they move and have our being. Christ is our life, you know. And so we we're not complete or whole without Him. And so my um, instruction to to that person or or thinking um, you know people who are in pain that way, the cl- best thing to get through that is to draw near to the Lord, mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. His presence and, and enjoy Him as He heals. Because see, He is our Comforter. Not another. Per- I mean, yes, people and he comforts through people, but it, we're not going to be healed. Jason is inc- imperfect. I am imperfect. We all stumble in many ways. So if you're looking for a person to fill you and complete you and to heal you of that pain, you're giving them, um, putting expectations on them that are completely unreasonable that no
5: person other than Christ can fill.
0: That is wow. Stacy. go ahead.
5: So I have a question. Um that I love what you said. Um, also, uh, you know, as far as, you know, that's pre being married. Once you're married, you become one flesh. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking from that dynamic, um, what would you say to, you know, once you're married and you become one flesh uh, it's, it's not necessarily like you said that you complete each other, but you become a one flesh unit, you know, as, as man and woman, uh, you know, wh- what would, how would you expound on, on that?
4: To clarify your question, are you wanting us to talk about like what happens when heartache comes and you're in the one flesh or just in general, talk about the one flesh?
5: Just in general, navigating life is one flesh. It's not like, like you were saying earlier, like it's not necessarily that, you know, you, you don't complete each other. And even as you become one flesh, it's, it's the Lord that still completes you. You know, it's that's like a, right. like a triangle, you know?
4: Yes. Exactly. That's that's the analogy that we actually use to teach people. Mm-hmm. It's the is, triangle. And,
3: and in that triangle, if each of you are equally pursuing Jesus every day, you're going to meet at his feet at the top mm-hmm. right there. And, yeah. and, you know, we say that, you know, the, 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 the ground is level at the foot of the cross Well, that's where we meet. You know, and in the relationship we're we're both like minded, our hearts are in the right place, the same place, um, uh, you know, kneeled before the feet of the Savior.
4: Another way to look at that one flesh relationship when you're thinking in the Christian realm is the three stranded cord. Hmm. A, th- a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And so when you think of those three strands wound upon themselves, making one cord, it's Jason and I are one flesh but it is not without the third strand that makes us complete.
5: Exactly.
4: You know, I mean it's it's and it's it's not just like a fleshly oneness. I mean, we in because we're both believers and it's a, it's um the Lord has joined us that way. There's a spiritual oneness that we have. Um, and you can, of course, in marriage, have physical oneness because de- God designed us to come together physically. And then, you know, even if you're not on the same intellectual, you know, there are still ways that you share your intellect with each other and, and so become the most intimate intellectually than with your spouse than you are with other people. So, I mean, those are ways that you can share and express the one flesh relationship with each other. And then it's enhanced when you have that third chord, which is the Lord, because what he does is he helps build the things in you through the fruit of the spirit that enhance your marriage. You're each getting his healing and his viewpoint, and it only draws you closer because if you imagine the bottom of that triangle as you both pursue Jesus, what happens? You're getting closer to each other, just like Jason said. So, I mean, he's really the key for that healing and that that um, epitome of what his design was in marriage—the oneness.
5: So that's that's really the goal, you, you know. I mean, how you know, in 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 part of what we're talking about here, like. The one flesh is the goal you know, right. of finding the one, you know, becoming uh, honoring each other and, and ultimately becoming one flesh. It You know, it's, it's a really a holy representation of God. Yes,
4: because, I mean, you think of the Trinity being the three-in-one, and the number one represents divine unity. So for us to be able to come together and become one, we are a living representation of how that works, you know, Mm -hmm. where the oneness is achieved as a lifelong thing. As we continue to grow deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with each other, you know, you don't start out just... We're, you know, clicking and jiving. I mean, it can be um, very good, but I mean, it's, it's with the Lord enhancing each of you individually and then growing your marriage. It's a lifelong pursuit of oneness. And God's heart is unity,
5: Yes,
4: unity. And so you're a symbol to other people of what unity looks like, too, which is who God is.
0: That is so beautifully said, Steve. Did you ever think that when you wrote this song that it would open up this whole discussion? I mean, this is this is just worth its weight in gold.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that to, to answer that question too uh, a little bit is that you know, of course, man was not meant to be alone. You know, that's why Eve was created so he wouldn't be alone. So we all need that special companion. Uh, I think it's easy, especially if you're a non Christian, it's very easy to fall into that same kind of rut again, meeting that same person that you're trying not to meet. Yes, uh, just to fill the void and to fill that little hole that's uh in your your heart at that point in time. Um, I always say when I hear a lot of stories from people, and you know, (laughs) yeah, there's some wacky stories out there, and there's billions of them, and I always say that love could make you do some really stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot of people doing stuff and you hear stories and you go, what? You know, like, like a lot of times too, if someone, if you have a couple that's married and they get divorced, you know, it didn't work out. And then you wind up, they get married again or something like that down, down the road. And I've heard this story many times before. And it's like, what makes you think it's going to work this time around? It didn't work before. And then sure enough, they're in a, a bad marriage again and they get divorced again and i know a couple that actually was like that personally you know uh, uh, i know this couple that was dating for years and then they broke up and then they sometime later on they went getting back together again and then they broke off again and then i hadn't seen this, this girl for a while and then when i saw her again she goes oh yeah we, you know we got married recently and i'm thinking to myself what you guys broke off how many times already and you got married and then they had a kid. And then sure enough, a few years later, now they're divorced again, you know, or divorced. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like, I want to say, what did you really expect? You know, this, this was definitely not uh, a marriage that God wanted to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't really understand those things. And that's why I say sometimes that love can make you do things that, uh, that, isn't too bright at times especially with the
0: yeah especially with the dating part of it and uh, uh, jennifer and jason and stacy your your thoughts on this as well a lot of times you hear people say well there's no good guys out there There's, there's no good girls out there and what's happening is they're dating the same type of person over and over again what causes those blinders to be on what can somebody do to get those blinders off if they have them on
4: so, sometimes it's it's literally a spiritual connection. so like a lot of times when if if you've had, uh, been in relationships outside of marriage and particularly if you've had sexual activity there, there's a spiritual connection that happens where you are um making a soul bond with that mm-hmm. person. okay so let's say you're dating someone and you create this um unhealthy, Soul bond with someone, and they break you break up, and you it, you you're tearing, um, you know, almost uh, that bond, and it's it's like a, a spiritual um, baggage. So mm-hmm. it that is what creates this almost like cyclical cycle where 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 you're drawn, literally, even almost beyond, you feel drawn to these same types of people. I've heard stories about women who have been in um, abusive relationships and they they leave, they're able to get out and they they leave and time after time after time, they, they still end up with the the man that is abusive or or has maybe um, an addiction problem or whatever. And it's mostly because of this um, the soul bond thing where you have an unhealthy, Connection that literally needs to be spiritually severed. I mean, you almost have to go through like a deliverance and healing and cleansing. That's one source. I can't say that that's like every single time that that's what happens, but that's something that we, we are spiritual beings and we don't, you know, society doesn't consider things like that because, um, you know, physical relationships outside of marriage are acceptable and people can have who knows how many different, you know, relationships and, there's actually a consequence to you in many realms—soul, physical, and your spiritual—and one of them is those bonds. And, and if if you find yourself being, you know, drawn towards the same kind of dysfunction and brokenness over and over again, and you want to be rid of that, it could very well be a spiritual problem that you need to, you know, look into a church or or finding some sort of spiritual healing over that because it could be almost like a um gen- I wouldn't call it a generational curse cuz it could be you that opened the door but the point is it's a recurring thing that needs to be broken
5: off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stacy, any thoughts on that from your perspective of people that you've worked with or maybe even your own experiences?
5: Uh just, you know, personally for myself uh I came from a divorced home and uh, uh, the, the girls that tended to come my way uh, were uh, ladies who had dads who weren't great dads. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, and not necessarily that I was a bad guy. I was a very loving guy. I was very messed up and and, and confused in a lot of ways uh, during those times. Uh, definitely wasn't seeking the Lord and stuff like that. But once what's funny is once, you know, I dated all these kinds of girls and like I said, you know, I I don't say that in a demeaning manner. They were, they were good ladies. We weren't good for each other. And, uh, uh, what happened was, is I didn't understand how to honor. And if I had honored, you know, understood what honor meant in our culture and society today, I would never treated those women the way that I did. Um, and, and that's talking about, you know, what you was talking about, you know, creating a, soul sexual bond with these ladies, uh, I would I wouldn't have done that out of out of pure honor for, uh, you know who the who, who you know who they are as individuals. Mm-hmm. But but to 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 move on once I started, um, something happened and I rededicated my life to God and I was dead serious about it. And um, I knew that uh, I was at a point in my life that I was not going to move forward uh, without the Lord is the center of my life. And once that happened and I was seeking the Lord, I was still dating the atheist girl, but I was seeking the Lord um, that relationship dissolved. And my wife came along who was somebody completely different mm-hmm. from anybody that I had ever dated in the way that she presented herself to me. She come from a good family. Um, her parents taught her, you know, from an early age, they were good parents. They love Jesus, and uh, you know, that really I think was the determining factor, uh, for me just being an ignorant young man, uh, trying to navigate life. You know, I just started seeking the Lord and started asking. I was like, you know, it says you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. I really wanted, I really knew yeah. that I need that I needed somebody, and I knew, you know, that uh, that uh it wasn't going to come. I had tried, you know, to, to, to make it about what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, God sent somebody that, uh, i definitely wanted, but challenged me to <laughs> <by the> <laughs> hey, my wife. I'm, I'm very introverted and my wife is not. And, uh, mm-hmm. she has challenged me and brought me to a whole new level of, uh, uh, spirituality and everything as being a man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
5: I'm so happy for you, Stacy, man.
1: Congratulations, my friend.
5: Yes.
0: Yeah. If you meet them as a couple, uh, Stacy was one of the founders of Get Revelation Rock Fest in Charleston, South Carolina, with us three years ago, uh, getting that project off the ground, and they are a lovely lovely couple and uh, you know they walk in unity and it's really an example for other believers and the same with Jason and Jennifer and in what they have and you know I just have to think about my own experiences here because I went through one marriage and I had to reflect and Steve this goes back to a verse actually in your song where it says, I'm so tired of wasting all my time. Mm -hmm. And I want to encourage you before we get into my story is in this waiting time. You're not wasting time. Nobody's wasting time in that waiting time. You're wasting time. If you're just trying to go out there and make it happen, but that's a really good time to develop yourself, find out who you are really work on that relationship with God and walking with Jesus because during that time I was going through my divorce, I was not walking with Jesus, but there was a lot of grace and mercy that arrived as my wife, Deb, in the midst of it, who I'm married to now. Um, But I was all over the place. I, I was living like a total heathen. And to make matters worse, I was recovering from a brain tumor and I was on testosterone and I was single. So that made the situation, um, there was a lot of grace and mercy uh, that God poured out on me during that time. You want to talk about torture? That was torture. And did I handle it right all the time? No, I didn't. And I will admit that. I walk in integrity and say I did not handle that properly. But it was because of God's grace and mercy. But I reflect back and, and with that verse it just hit me so hard today. I'm so tired of wasting all my time For men and women that are out there that think that you're wasting time waiting for that person to show up, you're not wasting time at all. God's working on you, and God, at the same time, I believe, is working on that person that He's intended for you for that perfect time when everything converges for you to meet. Jennifer, I just heard a yes on that. Would you care to expound a little more on that for us?
4: Well, I just, that's what we're praying for our girls. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> not only not only for them for to husbands. be ready, but for their
3: husbands that are called somewhere out there. There are two young boys that are their ages that are being raised by hopefully godly, prayerfully godly parents right now. Who, when they cross paths with our girls, are going to lead them uh, in, in in Christian marriage as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm literally thanking the Lord all the time for preparing those boys' hearts. Yeah to yeah. be men that, that love him and will treat them as his daughters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's God's doing a lot behind the scenes. Stacy, you had a question about yoking and entering into a relationship where it may not be equally yoke. Can you uh, go ahead and, and ask that question and we'll, we'll dive into that.
5: I will. I just want to say real quick that uh, my, my wife's parents were praying for, for her somebody and, and I, I'm the one that showed up. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I was... I was but you love Jesus. You love Jesus. I didn't see the work that was happening in my heart, but, you know, within, you know, 10, 5, 10 years, you know. But, uh, yes, uh, I, I, I had a question about, uh, and I just want to talk about this as leading into encouragement for, you know, people who have made a holy commitment uh, in front of the Lord uh, to... Uh, to, to be married and even people, you know, and if they're not the one, you're going to be unequally yoked. Uh, but but the the question is this, is, you know, encourage, encouragement for people who are in an unequally yoked situation. There's no abuse. You know, there's no weirdness. We know that, you know, people need to get out of specific situations. Mm-hmm. But if you're unequally yoked, and and you are, you've entered into a situation where, especially in marriage, uh, what could you say to encourage that person, those people, you know, who kind of, they know, well, maybe we dropped the ball, but uh, we've made a holy commitment to God. And that is something that, uh, that through his goodness, he can make it like he works all things to the good to those that love him. <laughs> so, you know, what could you say to encourage somebody that's in that situation?
3: Well, he can he can redeem it for sure um that that's first first thing to to respond with that is that guy can redeem it yeah. um uh, you know uh, he, he can he can bring those two together on the same plane you know the, the 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 one that is following jesus and 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 you have a spouse that is not following jesus um you know you 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 uh, encourage the follower to continue their path, to continue their uh, 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 faith pursuit, uh, uh, to, to draw nearer to the Lord. And but also to be praying for their spouse to be drawing near as well and to be, um, I guess, sensitive to the differences between the two, but also uh, pursuing ways that they can come together uh, right. in that relationship.
4: Yeah, I mean, I definitely prayer is the number one thing I would say. You know, they're so powerful, and the Lord hears your prayers and your hearts. And He wants, if so, thinking about unequal yoke for anybody who might not quite understand that, I mean, basically, that's saying you are a believer and you've married an unbeliever. Yeah. So you two carried two totally different yokes. One is the yoke of Christ, and one is the, the yoke of the of, world, of the world or, or whatever yoke you've put on yourself. So thinking about that that unbeliever spouse, the Lord wants to save way more than you do. Yeah. And so when you start praying for your spouse, you're literally opening the door for permission for the Lord to come in and work on that person's heart. And I mean, there are a lot of testimonies of, of spouses who maybe they waited a really long time to see um, the fruit of their prayers, but they did happen. And so like you're saying, Stacy, where it's a scenario where the, the marriage is in decent shape, you know, and it's not so much like an abusive situation. Being mindful of what God's word says about um, modeling your your spiritual walk in front of that person and showing the fruit, fruit of the spirit and praying for them is is about the strongest testimony that you can possibly give. And there's hope in the Lord. Because he wants them saved way more than a, right. a human would. They are his creation and he wants them back. He wants all of us. He, Christ died for us all. And so it's a blood sacrifice that he was willing to give up his life for. That's how important. So we don't we, we can remember what the Lord's sacrifice means and not give up. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and world, can, world <laughs> and it, you know, there are opportunities
3: for struggles to arise in those situations for sure. Especially mm-hmm. when you start going down the path, say you, you hit a, hit a rough spot in the relationship. Yeah. You know, the, uh, uh, our Christian faith says you will get past this rough spot. Just lean on me and go through it where the world doesn't necessarily say that. And and those can create some, uh, some diverging aspects in the relationship. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so that, that, And, you know, therein lies one of the bigger issues of being unequally yoked is just those kind of challenges. And and that's where uh, encouragement is needed more than ever. But also the opportunity for the follower of Christ in that relationship to show, you know, the forgiveness of God and the love of God Mm -hmm. through the process.
4: I think another tool is to make sure you're surrounding yourself with other believer marriages and families because. you, you want your community to be supportive of what your, your belief system and what you're doing and, and have be, if your spouse doesn't have the same worldview that you do, and then you need other people around that, that can kind of, um, sprinkle that in and be a support system. And another thought too, is to look into getting, um, Marital assistance. I mean, it doesn't mean just because you seek help that, that, that things are terrible and falling apart. I mean, we coach people premaritally. We coach people whose marriages are on the rocks, but we also coach people who just want to kind of what um, you know you'd call level up or or want to just enhance what they already have. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, though you. You can offer that option to your spouse. You know, let's let's kind of um, spice it up by by learning what we can do to kind of grow closer and da da da. And if you pursue a Christian version version of that, then they're going to be getting biblical being poured into them that way. So I mean, you know, inviting them to church and uh, sometimes that doesn't always work. Maybe you can offer, hey, let's look at this Christian marital resource. Yeah. enhance our relationship because God's principles are universal. They're going to benefit even if they aren't believing in Christ at that time. So that's another thought.
0: That, that really is. And I'm thinking here in this, this is, I'm not saying this flippantly, but there's a whole book that nobody preaches on that really spices things up in a marriage. And that's the song of Solomon. Yes <laughs> I have never heard really a sermon on that book preached from from many pulp maybe maybe Stacy and I will venture into that on on uh, Revelation resistance <laughs> and uh, and Raven's heart okay. and, <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 do that you know I do have to ask the 64,000 dollar question and this is this anybody can start with this one What is it that a guy should be looking for in a girl and a girl should be looking for in a guy in a relationship? And I know it's not a big bank account and muscles and gorgeous looks. I know that's not at the top. Yeah, let's start at the top. Steve, what do you think about this? What should somebody be looking for, especially from your experience? And then we'll go with Jason and then Stacy.
1: Well, something that was mentioned earlier, um, was, uh, having people around you that can hold you accountable mm. for certain things. You know, mm. it's great to have friends that you can, you can hang out with and talk to that are Christians as well. And that are on your side that can help you with, with all your issues that you have, whatever they may be. So, um I know this one couple also that it, it's kind of funny because we've, we've had conversations before where they were, telling me that they were really not each other's type. Mm. So they were saying that, you know, in, in normally it's, they're not the kind of people that each other would ever date. But for some reason they found that God had put them together for a reason. And they've actually been married for quite a few years now and they're pretty happy. Um, Mm. I look up to them. I, I think that's a, that's a really great story. Um, I, I think that's really difficult um, because there are certain things that we look for in a mate, you know, whether it be those, like you said, the muscles or the or the money or the you know the the, the house, the whatever, the the dogs, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever the case may be, there, you know the looks and whatever. So I mean that's definitely superficial, but it's something that's really important with a lot of people. Um, I -hmm. I can't say that I'm not somebody that needs to be attracted to somebody as well in order for me to date that person. Um, I think it's really important that you find that person who's also a Christian that has the same beliefs and values that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's also really hard to find as well, because, you know, I go to church you know, all the time, and you know, I, I've been hoping to meet somebody at church, but it doesn't really seem to happen for some reason. Um, there's a Bible study group that I was—I'm uh, not with that particular group anymore, but but we used to—I used to go there, you know, on a weekly basis too, and it was called a a singles Bible study group, and it wasn't necessarily single to where you were going to meet somebody; it was just that it was. Um, brotherhood with other single Christians as well. And we would discuss a bunch of things and and I got to say, you know, uh, uh, if I'm being honest, you know, even though it's not what it's there for, you know, it was a singles group and you are hoping to meet maybe that person, maybe that's where God wanted you to meet that person. So it's a hard question for me to answer again, because uh, you know, I'm in that kind of same boat right now. And these are just, Random thoughts that I have.
0: <laughs> no, but you're, you're you're aiming in the right direction. You're looking for that person that shares that same faith in Jesus that you do. There's a desires for that, and that's that's Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. Jason and Jennifer, what should guys be looking for in girls, and girls be looking for in guys? <laughs> Yeah, I
3: I like Steve. The um, uh, going back to the statement you made about the couple who indicated, you know, we aren't, you know, they wouldn't necessarily go date each other because of their differences. And it dawned on me because, you know, part of part of my thoughts to that is you want to find somebody that you can get along with, that you might have some common interest with, Uh, but you also want somebody that can challenge you. You know, there is a little bit even even in a. Um, a, a marriage relationship, a little bit of that iron sharpening iron aspect in a little bit. And, and so in that comes, well, there are going to be things that you don't agree on. And there's some people that enjoy having those conversations with somebody that they don't agree with things because they can they can do it respectfully and, and methodically and agree to disagree on some of those things. Um, but, you know, what, one of the things we also like to, to remind folks of is. You know, don't get caught up in these cultural myths that are out there, uh, you know, like the cultural soulmate myth. There's somebody out there that is just, you know, destined and designed that I'm already a soulmate with deep inside. And I just need to go find that because, hey, we're imperfect. We make mistakes. What happens if I miss that person and go somewhere else and I get somebody else's soulmate? You know, so you know, one of those things you've got to consider the free the, the free will aspect of it. Um, but big thing, you know, be equally yoked with each other. Um, uh, make sure that you, you know, you you can meet on that com- common level ground at the foot of the cross. Uh, pursue Jesus together, and uh, you know, find somebody that can just help you be a better person. Um, and and also go out and and you know work on being that person that you think would attract that person that you want to be. You know.
4: <laughs> yes, I would definitely say like the first thing is make yourself marriage material. You know, you got to make sure that you're healed and that you're not carrying a lot of baggage and that you also know what you want. You know, people compromise and settle because they don't really hold people to a standard. You know, maybe there's an idea that you, that you have like at the top of the list of those parameters should be that they love Jesus and that they actually live their life like that because we have a, a lot of, um, you know, borderline uh, mediocre Christian, you know, who might check a box on a survey and say, yes, I'm a Christian. But they really don't live like they believe that the Bible is true. They don't really have a relationship with Christ that's intimate and, and one that would lead them to make good moral decisions. So, you know, you want the virtues of Christ. And no one's perfect. So you're not going right. to find like this perfect, you know, version, but you want to, you, you want to look for someone who loves the Lord, who walks that out, actually believes the same things that you do. And they live like they believe it and that they um, have those virtues, you know, someone with humility, because mm-hmm. I think that with marriage of Jason, I've been married this coming this year, 23 years. And um, you're looking at repentance and forgiveness as being a huge part of marriage. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Um, There will be a time where you each have to repent and forgive each other of something. And so you want to make sure that that's a part of what you're looking for. I mean, you have to establish parameters who is marriage material and try to make it what, what will be the long term goal, not the short term, like looks and things, those those things fade away. All of that fades. And, And you can have a really good attraction to someone. But even that tempers a bit you know the longer that you're you're married and you can keep the fires burning and there are different ways that we encourage people to keep things um interesting the longer that you're married and all but but you don't want to base it on the stuff that's not eternal and it fades you know you want it on the the things that really matter so I mean that's how I knew that Jason was the right one (laughs) because he was actually one of the first men that I actually entered into dating that, that that it wasn't for all the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, we were friends first and, uh, I hadn't ever dated anybody that, that that is how our, um, relationship started. And so it was much, much deeper just off of the get go. And, and it was just much more rewarding because of that. And I attribute those qualities to our longevity, not to mention a lot of grace, um, Mm -hmm because of we both have messed up and, and, you know, we went through a very um, difficult period where we almost divorced. One of the reasons why we do this marriage coaching is because of that difficult part of our marriage, where we were very close to divorce, but the Lord in his mercy healed us. And then through repentance and grace between the two of us, we did heal and we got on the other side and the Lord has just given us so much wisdom over that. And so Those are the kind of things we can look back on. And when we talk to our premarital couples and everything, we share our story and we help them to see, you know, the difference between pursuing someone and pursuing marriage from a godly standpoint, where you're really looking at it as a lifelong um, covenant, one flesh relationship versus some sort of contract that you can get out of whenever you want to. And it makes a huge difference. So you need to make yourself right view marriage appropriately, and then make sure that your parameters are ones that are, um, you know, God honoring that would put you in a place as a woman. I'm speaking from a woman's standpoint in a place that you would have safety and security and, um, but from a spiritual standpoint, too, not just on a worldly, like material standpoint, but also spiritually.
0: Mm. Stacy, your thoughts on what should a guy be looking for and what should a girl be looking for?
5: I mean, you guys have pretty much covered it all. I think that, uh, you know, I think God sees through everything that we are, He sees the true intent uh, mm-hmm. of your heart. And, uh, you know, if you're just out there looking for somebody to pass the time, uh, you know, with uh, that's not, you know, you have a destiny and and the Lord is uh, uh, ushering you and and getting you to that destiny. And uh, if if I had ended up with the kind of uh, person that made me feel comfortable, uh, I, I would have somebody who uh was going to pet on me and feel sorry for me and, uh you know, be conducive to all my little uh, uh insecurities that I used to have and things like that. But instead, you know, I didn't know what I was looking for. <laughs> I knew that I wanted, I knew that I wanted somebody who, who loved Jesus and who, uh, who, who believed the way I did. But I think that, you know, just, just with all that being said that, uh, you know, God loves us with, was just such a, such a, a great love. Um, you know, me, me and my wife were friends for quite a while before we got together, we were both dating other people. Um, and uh, I think that did help us as well. Um, but when I looked, when I was looking uh when i was asking and the the relationship dissolved between me and the atheist girl um i was looking for uh you know in my head i thought yeah, i was looking for a uh, reba mcintyre you know? yeah. <laughs> some, some, somebody that's a down home uh lady because i dated wild uh metal uh girls and uh you know ladies who uh, we're hanging out at, you know, concerts, uh, waiting for the musicians to get off stage and stuff like that. Um, bless their hearts. Uh, (laughs) those aren't the people you should be looking for. Uh, not for a long-term relationship, but, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) You guys really covered, covered it all. Uh, and I'm so, so thankful and blessed to, to, uh, to be a part of, of what's unfolding here this evening.
0: No, it's really good what you're saying, Stacey. Uh, it gives some insight. There's somebody who needs needed to hear that because you were looking for one thing, and God, with His grace and mercy, provided you with something far better than what you were expecting. And that's what I keep hearing tonight is grace and mercy. There's so much grace and mercy, and God is good. That's what I want people to really get a hold of. And I'm really working on getting a hold of this as well. He's not going to provide you with a terrible gift. He's the giver of good gifts. And this is even for people that are not saved. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And before we close out uh, this evening, dating advice, things to do and not to do on dates when you're looking for that special someone. Stacey, we'll start with you since you are the right. What advice would you give to people who are dating and things to do and not to do?
5: Men, keep it honorable. <laughs> Ladies, uh, look for honorable men that are going to honor you and uh, honor. And I mean, I think our culture, I'm really, I really believe that we're, we're going to have a resurgence uh, here in America of honor. Yes. Uh, But we need honor. Men need to learn to honor women and, uh, not belittle them, but honor them. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, in, in, in dating and stuff, I just think personally that that, even if they're not your forever person, (laughs) honor, yeah each other, honor that person. I just think that, uh, I'm sure, you know, that's what I have.
0: <laughs> no, that, that's very valuable. Steve, things to do not to do advice for people that are dating, looking for that perfect person.
5: Oh man, I'm,
1: I'm over here taking notes actually. <laughs> I'm listening to you guys. Um, you know, in my life, I, I try to be, I'm one of those people that means what he says and says what he means kind of thing, yes. you know, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very honorable. I believe in that way. I I, I don't BS with a lot of things. Uh, I am a, I am, I was born in New York, so I'm a, I'm pretty, pretty straightforward kind of guy. So, I mean, I, I pretty much tell things like it is. So as far as uh, things like that go, I mean, I'm very honest very punctual. I try to be as honorable as I possibly can be. Um, I, I don't, honestly, I don't walk around trying to spread the word of Christ, but if somebody wants to have that conversation or I'm with someone that would like to hear about it, I, I love to have those conversations with people. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do try to find, you know, uh, again, Christians that are interested in. In going to church, let's say with me on a Sunday, you know that yes. would be really cool, you know, uh, and that, that's the ultimate goal that's what you want to find so uh, I, I think being righteous as, as righteous as you can be and, and again, being a person that's trustworthy mm-hmm. I yeah. think is really important so and that is so that hard
0: find yeah, that is so hard to find, so what I'm hearing from Stacy is that honoring other the other sex the opposite sex the one that you're pursuing the person that you're pursuing and having in having integrity and being trustworthy not putting on a front being who you are genuine that is so hard to find man we all know the dating game we're one way when we're dating and then you know once uh, once that's over and we're married it's it's burping and farting time all over the place I mean, it just totally totally changes it goes out the window so it does all change jason, <laughs> jason and jennifer dating do's don'ts advice for people looking for that special someone
3: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add uh, what you were saying, Glenn, earlier about you know getting off the Xbox and getting out of the uh, basement. You know, <laughs> stop relying on social media for all this stuff. Go out and meet some hoax face to face. You know, yes. Um, go put yourself out there. Uh, know who you are and know who you are in Christ is the, is a big thing and, and live yes. that out, um, Stacy and and Steve. I really appreciate y'all both bringing up the honor and the integrity part of it. I mean that 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 is like a clear window to who you are when you're out interacting with people uh, in the world. And then, you know, for me, finally is, you know, one of the biggest barriers that come up in marriage down the road is, you know, uh, unresolved baggage. We all got, it. we all have it. We all have some level of baggage or another, you know, uh, uh, dig down deep find that baggage in your life deal with it whether it's forgiveness whether it's uh, seeking forgiveness or or or, or, or extending forgiveness um, uh, and and be honest with uh, whoever you meet that you enter enter in a serious relationship with you know because um, you know you, you carry that baggage it's well, why it's called baggage you carry it and you're going to have it um, and, and so make sure that you're upfront and transparent about it hey I've got this thing this is how I'm managing it you know you you two go into a relationship together, your baggage becomes her
4: baggage and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's very important. got some things? I I just think that, um, first of all, you don't want to be the one who's burping and farting. (laughs) 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 But on the, what to do, uh, you know, honesty, be honest, you know, and, and um, be kind. If you're not somebody who's a kind person, you need to learn how to be kind, you know, be kind, because even if it's the wrong person you're dating, you're going to have to let them down in a kind way. Uh And so, I mean, when you're dating, what to do you want to be kind, you want to be honest, you want to learn how to be a good listener and not talk about yourself all the time. You know, you want to make sure that you find out about the other person and dig and and learn how to be a conversationalist. Because guess what, guys? Women like to talk. (laughs) I was going to mention that.
1: <laughs> it's
4: one of the ways that we create connection.
1: Yep.
4: You know, and so what something so we gotta listen. You need to, to, to learn how to talk about. <laughs> so if you meet a, a girl who you're really interested in and maybe she checks some of those boxes, what to do, you need to start pursuing a little bit of information about what she likes and become a subject matter expert if you can. So that you can have conversation with her and, and find out sharing activities that you like to do together and pursue that. But I mean, otherwise, you know, you don't want to come across um, too selfish, you know, so you're going to want to do the opposite of that, whereas being thoughtful and kind and that sort of thing. And you don't want to. Um, Society, I think people put walls up. So all that y'all are saying about being honest and in in the integrity and putting your real self out there, that's important because you don't want to present a lie to somebody. You know, they need to see who you really are. But you have to be strong enough with your own identity to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You, You have to be very grounded And our identity as believers is in Christ. So if your identity is grounded in anything else, like how much you make, um, maybe a skill set that you have, um, where you live or, or something like that, it, it that can change. And it can crumble you. So you want your identity as you're dating and you're going out in the scene and you're looking to put yourself the best foot forward. You need to know who you are in Christ and how valuable you are and how valuable the other person is. Somebody told me this um like in the last few months, and it has been just a gem to me. And and so I just want to share it because it's it's really helped me change the way I see other people. But you know, when you have your identity and the, God loves you as much as he possibly it, it, there is, I mean, it's an infinite amount of love that we can't even really fathom. Okay, it's so great. That's how valuable we are. That's how valuable I am. But that's how valuable all of you are and everyone else. So how can we remember that when we encounter people. So back to treating people with honor, how can you do that? One day I'm a visual person and this, this um, friend told me visualize a 10 on top of everyone's head because you know how we measure like she's a perfect 10 or he's a 10 or even in the olympics a 10 is a perfect score so we we can use that number and i'm like oh well, i'm visual so i'll do that and i have found that when i when i think about a 10 above everyone's head it changes my heart completely towards these people even total strangers because i'm like. Huh? Wow, oh, God really loves you. You're ten. You are a ten. It softens your heart towards people. But so when you're out there dating, if you really want to be, learn how to be able to to, to be social with people and appreciate them for who they are. That's just a, a something that can really help you value people and honor them, even in just friendship scenarios or strangers. So,
1: wow, that's very interesting. Wow, that's, that's very cool. I, I'm going to take that advice. Um, on a side note, I guess you've never done any online dating before.
4: <laughs> oh, no. college, college sweethearts. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, world out there.
4: Yeah. Because it if is. you put up a front, right. I mean, isn't that what you're getting at is it's, it's like everyone puts their best profile forward
0: yes yes Yes. and i do i do have a testimony Yep. I do have a testimony on that that is how I met my current wife Deb and it was a blessing yeah. and it was God's grace and mercy it was one of those where she was very different from all of the other ones that were on the profile page because I had gone on many internet dates that did not turn out so well and I found her and we knew we knew very quickly that that God wanted us together and I think God Used that uh, platform because we were both still healing from some very very deep wounds, and it was hard for us to go out and get into that mix. You know, be brave enough to get into that mix, and he he actually used that so. God can use anything, but the majority of it is a rat race, and it's a lot of people putting up, putting up fronts of what they're not. Yeah, you're right, Steve. The 20, you know, 20-year-old uh, photo, and when you meet them, it's like, no. is this
2: is the same person. No. Yeah,
0: I, I had that happen. I, I had oh, that let me happen. tell you something. It is, it is a very common
1: thing.
4: Mm. Yes. And that would be in the no column. Right? Yes. <laughs> don't do that. Like, talk about do's and don'ts for dating. Like, don't, don't do it. That's not real. I mean, yes, that is who you are. Well,
3: you're honest, but you yeah. were
4: that person. You yeah. know, like you, you need to be legitimately putting forth who you really are now.
0: Exactly, Jason and Jennifer. If anybody would like to get in contact with you for some relationship or marriage coaching, how can they reach out to you guys?
3: Well, our website is goinsforfamily.com. Leave it there on the screen. Uh, uh, We've got uh, resources on the website. Um, Post some uh, kind of blog content every now and then. Uh, We've got links to our coaching services. Um, You'll find all of a plethora of information there.
4: And you can also find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram at dot. Nope, not .com, just at (laughs) goinsforfamily.com.
0: (laughs) And for those that are just listening, it's G-O-I-N-S, the number four, family.com. For those that are just listening, or maybe you're driving right now listening to this edition and you can't see the screen, Definitely reach out to them if you're looking for wisdom. Stacy, thank you for joining us for this conversation today. This has been awesome. Steve, thank you for your obedience and putting that song out. It's so pure and it really does spark very, very important questions like we've discussed today. And uh, do you have any more tracks coming out in the near future from Word 66?
1: absolutely we should be getting back in the studio in a little while uh we'll probably have another track out probably in another couple months so that song actually was just released uh within the last couple of weeks or so so um we're, we're getting some some very favorable responses from it and uh and it's great uh, again we're trying to put a message out there and uh that's basically what we do you know this has been a calling for us and we believe that our purpose in life is to spread the word to the music.
0: Yes. Rock and roll preaching is what you call it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, everybody, we will be back next time. And until then, peace out and rock on.
4: Lithoscry.com.